Yo, what's up? Monday night, day six of trade period. Dan, mate, what's going on? Oh, mate, I mean, literally, we started it with Back to the Future, Eddie Betts is home. It's all going on at Carlton, isn't it? We've got a damn deal done, mate. We've got a deal. It was action. It was was like what we wanted from trade period. We got it today. Well, I mean, we've finally got something to talk about, haven't we? Which is... Thank you, Soss and Agresta, for giving us some freaking material. Oh, my goodness. No, it was fantastic. Um, continue on from last week. Great week. Really enjoyed going through everything. The idea, again, is to is to really um, sift through everything and go through it tonight. We say half an hour. There's a lot to get through tonight. There's a lot to dissect. I want to get everyone um, involved in this one tonight, so we'll probably go a little over 30 minutes. But, mate... Um, the main news of the day, uh, we might as well just start there. Our man, our man, Eddie Betts, he's home. Uh, you've got the graphic in the middle there. He's splitting you and I. Dan, tell me your initial reaction uh, and talk me through it. And uh, for you guys at home, let me know. Let us know. What did you think? How excited were you to have our boy home? Um, Dan, take it away, mate. Well, I think I'll start with a negative. A big negative is there's no way in hell... Stephen Silvani will be our list manager next year because he's going to have to do 20 years in prison for grand larceny. <laughs> I mean, this is the second time in two years he has totally ripped Adelaide off. I mean, pick 60 potentially next year and 20% of the salary cap. And then if you look at the Stocker trade, particularly that could be what? Pick four for Papley and Stocker and pick seven in return. We've totally ripped them off. Yeah. Like, it's great news. But, could I you? mean, like, for me, I am super excited. I I could talk about this all day. Um, but, I mean, like, future fourth in next year's draft class 2020, touted as the worst draft class for 10 years. Yeah, so just so on that, might... so just on yeah. that, um, yeah, just to confirm the deal. So, it is bets in exchange for a future fourth-round pick, uh, which will be next year's um, fourth-round pick. And... I really want to make a point of this because we spoke offline and, and you're saying this is really relevant for us. And you, I want you to sort of take the viewers through why this is such a massive deal for us. So take that away. Well, yeah, I mean, like, so we're anticipated for it'd be a pick in its 60s. So if we just take, he's, he's on a two-year deal. Let's just say it's two years. If you look at 2017, only two of them blokes have made a game in the AFL. And if you actually look statistically in the historical, since the draft was created, you have got a 16.6% chance of getting a player in them 18 picks in the fourth round that will go on to play a game. So that's just one game. And the average career-wise, two to three Brownlow votes. Now, on average, it takes nine years for a player to play 20 games in that draft. It's actually statistically the worst chance you've got of finding a diamond in the rough. So really, all this, for this pick to be a positive for people who are against it, all that Betts has to do next year is play two games. And statistically, he's got more impacts on anyone in the 2020 draft is. And yep. we've got to remember 2020's draft is going to be the worst draft class of a decade. With half of them tied up to academies. It's a real compromised draft. So, I mean, me personally, it's it's the steal of the year. Like, I don't think there'll be a better draft this year at all than this trade. Yeah. 
it's fascinating because I I, um, I think we really I think one because I mean, when when you dissect and when you analyze and when you try and make arguments for and against moves, you try and talk logical. There's one thing that Eddie Betts does, and he throws logic out the window because he he has the magic, and you either believe in magic or you don't. Um, and we spoke about it earlier. Eddie Betts, what he does for Adelaide, he, he, he makes the crowd murmur. He makes noise happen. He gets the ball. The crowd goes wild. He kicks goals. There's an extra bit of energy. And you just got to have a look at the reaction from, you know, Tex Walker in his post, um, the way he described him as the most important and influential person in the locker room. You just got to hear those words. And you've got to, and I'm going to play a clip now from his press conference just to understand what this guy is really all about. And um, I must say, I was watching his highlights, the clips that the club put out, and I was getting goosebumps because it was bringing back all the memories of what he was doing for us. And, you know, we're probably going to get him for, I, I think he's still got two years left in him. For those of you who are, who are watching, how many years do you think Eddie Betts will remain on the list? I think it'll be two personally, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Please Put a number in the in the comments below as to how many years you think he'll play. In the meantime, I'm going to play a clip from his press conference and we can analyze that as well because there is a, a quote in here that I'm really big on. So just stand by. Emotions, Eddie, walking back in here. It was mixed emotions, good positive emotions. Um, it yeah, still really hasn't sunk in yet, to be honest. Uh, you know, it only just happened. I knew we were talking about it for, for a little while, but um, to it to finally happen, you know, just thinking, I was actually really emotional walking back on, onto this ground, and you know, I left this here six years ago, walking in here, and yeah, it was really, really emotional. I almost started crying, to be honest. You know, coming back here, I, I believe I still can play some good footy. I'm maybe 32, but I believe I've still got a lot to offer. You know, David came across to Crows and he coached, he was our four-line coach for three years, four years, and, um, you know, he was our offensive coach as well, and the way that he really shaped our ball movement back then, and, you know, I think I played my best footy under David Teague when he was our four-line coach. I made three All-Australians in those times, and, um, yeah, I just can't wait to, to reconnect and see what he's like as a senior coach. Yeah, so the, the big thing there for me is when he spoke about David Teague and how he played his best footy under David Teague. And I think you and I touched on this uh, late last week. Um, mm -hmm. As someone that understands the David Teague system and has completely bought into it, it's Eddie Betts. And if there's a coach that needs and wants a player to fill a role and knows exactly what he needs to have a successful offensive system, it's David Teague. And I think that's probably the other thing that we haven't thought about because if you know if we do end up getting Betts, uh, sorry, uh, Papley, Martin, and combining these guys into the already stacked or big boy forward line, the potential is there, mate. What do you think about those comments about David Teague? Oh, for me, I think that's a huge factor. And I remember when I first heard this, we've got to remember I was strongly against it. I am a man of reason and logic. I've done a lot of research on this. I've tried to debunk my own argument. And for me, I think the crux of it is you've got to remember he had a 70-goal year under David Teague, right? It was his best year. It was against all anomalies as well because of his age. He should be starting to slow down. It was his best year. And for me, I personally think the factor we're all forgetting about is I remember having a conversation with Mitch McGovern at the John Nichols, 
And he was telling me about it was an out-of-body experience, he described it, when he took that mark at St. Kilda and to hear the crowd roar. He said it was the best moment of his life. And all the players have said, when we get behind them, they feel like there's an extra man on the park. And look at the reactions in the comments. Look at the reactions in the AFL from Carlton fans. We're pumped and he hasn't even kicked a ball yet. Like, for me, I think he's worth 30 to 50 goals a year. Just on the back of when he kicks a goal, he's going up to the cheer squad, giving it one of them. They are going to go crazy. And I think in the first six games, Betts is going to go crazy. And it's a common vibe from round two. T gave us this positive thinking. And just by him being on the ground, for me, is worth its weight in gold. And I think when you take into what we've paid for it, the ability he's going to have, because they've confirmed he's got a mentor role now, and he's going to have on Cunningham, Owies, Martin, um, Gibbons, all them players. It's going to be, I think really we've managed to get their jewel in the crown for a bag of mints. And I reckon it's going to be rocking yep. at the G come round one. There's a good point you made there about the cheese squad. And I think we as supporters need to probably acknowledge the cheese squad. And the reason I say that is because they're really, I mean, Eddie's obviously kept a relationship with them, but the cheese squad didn't turn on Eddie when he left. They kept the love and whatnot. And you've got to say, like, it's got to be one of the factors why he felt comfortable coming back to Carlton because he knew that the fans adored him so much. Like, if we had have turned on him, led by the cheese squad, if the cheese squad had have turned on him and jeered him and, you know, uh, he spoke about how we turned down a three-year offer from the Gold Coast Suns, who knows? Maybe that was also a, a factor as well. So if you're in the cheese squad and you're watching, shout out to you. Um, you did. De- I think you definitely played a role in, in keeping him feeling like he was loved and wanted by the club again. And I think that's something that we should probably acknowledge. Oh, 100%. I mean, the che- for me, that is the one thing that sticks out. I've heard a lot of players say the same. When the baggers are up and about, it's hard not to perform. And it was... There's an old saying in England, home games, you've got an advantage because you've got the 12th man. Carlton's cheer squad, being at the games, definitely the 23rd man. And Betts provokes the crowd into positive response. Just watch him play, smiles on his face, the cheeky little grin. Every time he kicks a goal, he's worth six screamers a year. When that happens, just imagine it. Round one, Richmond, third quarter, Betts from the pocket. For me, wow, the crowd is going to lift and Carlton are going to steamroll the dirty Tigers round one. Mark my words, Eddie Betts will kick three round one versus Richmond. Love it. Love it. I'm going to bring some stats up um, that I saw today. I don't know if you'll be able to see them, but I'll, I'll put them up on the screen. Um, I'll so be blind. I'll go in blind. That's okay. I'll t- so they're covering me, but it's basically the goals that were kicked by Eddie Betts and then Carlton's leading goal scorer for every year. So just for, I'll read it out for you. Obviously, the people at home can see. Um, so 2014, he kicked 51. Jared Waite kicked 29. 2015, he kicked 63. Oh, yeah. Everett, 31. 2016, he kicked 75. Matty Wright, 22. And then he kicked 55 in 2017. Cass Bolt, 34. 29 in 2018. Kurt Charlie Kerno, 34. And then 37 this year with Harry Mackay as our leading goal kicker in, in 26. So the question I want to put to you, and to the viewers is, what is the how many goals is he going to kick? Um, Dan, I'm going to ask you to elaborate. If you're watching, please write in the comments, how many goals do you think he's going to be kicking? Understand that he brings a lot more than just goals to the club, 
But um, what, what do you think his, uh, his output's going to be next year? Um, I've been so critical of this graph that's been going round by Triple Footy today. Yeah. Proper slated this graph. <laughs> I don't think it takes the whole story. But for me, I think he'll definitely... I reckon he's worth definitely minimum of 30 goals next year. 20 to 30 goals. Yep. And I think also what he brings to the table is an additional 30 to 50 in just his impact and his pressure and what he gives to the club. So I think I think he'll have a good year next year. Yeah. I mean, I'm sort of taking into account the fact that we've got such a potent forward line. Um, I don't think he needs to kick 40-plus goals. We're getting a lot of 40s in here, which I love. I love the excitement. I love the um, everyone getting up and about for him. I think he's going to have a very improved year. I mean, as a bare minimum, he could even kick 25 goals next year for all I care, um, provided that everyone else in the forward line kicks their fair share of goals as well. But he's definitely capable of 30-plus. Um, the beauty is that we've got, we're going to have a deep forward line, so he won't need to really carry the load. And that is the other thing. If we do get Papley, him and Cunningham and, um, and Betts and Charlie and Mitch... And Harry, I mean, Jack's not even in the conversation there. It's it's just a headache that we really need to have to move forward. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think another way, what we've also got to take into account is our ball, our entry inside fifty, is totally different yep. to Adelaide and how they do it. Yep. So that will take into account as well. So, I mean, I, I could quite easily, like I said, I think a minimum of 25. Yep. I reckon somewhere around the 25 to 39 mark. I really do believe it. Yep. But I think, forget about goals. That's not why he's here. For yep. me, I think the influence he's going to bring 50 to 60 goals worth, that is, for me. I think, for me, I reckon we'll look back at this and it'll be Nick Newman, 2019. Love it. All right, let's move on. Uh, we've got a do bit we, to get through. Um, do we have to? I know, do we have to? Um, <laughs> the next one is uh, the Ruckman. This was late news. The Mark Pitonet, Ma, sorry, Mark Pitonet. That is the pronunciation uh, for Mark Pitonet. Uh, there was a tweet this morning from Air Ashley Brown saying, the writing was on the wall for Mark Pitonet when the Hawks re-signed John Segler for three years. Smart move to join the Blues with the extra security on offer. Carlton fans will like him. That sort of raised the eyebrows. Um, and um, the other thing I want to talk about is, uh, I'll get this one down for a sec, but um, I want, for those of you who haven't seen Mark Pitonet, I want to show you some highlights that were put together by our man Peter Vlahos. Thank you very much for those. So it's about a minute. This is what this guy can offer, and then we'll dissect it a little bit. First game did well, got around him quickly there. Defense. 
So that's Mark Pittonet. I know you couldn't see the highlights, Dan, but I saw a little bit of groundwork. I saw a little bit of an ability to be more than just a tap ruckman. Um, so the story goes, um, you know, we weren't going to offer Phillips two years initially. He then went, and this is where I want to bring this tweet up. Uh, he then went and tested the market, so to speak. Um, and this is a quote from Sauce. Phillips was a required player, but he chose to search the marketplace. So right at the minute, our efforts are trying to get Mark Pittonet. Um, and this is from the Ian Prentercast. Make sure you give them a follow. They've got a good podcast as well covering all sports. But there's a little quote here from them saying, there's a lesson in this for all fringe blues. Don't test sauce. So um, <clears throat> we're basically told, from what it seems, we've told Andrew Phillips, righto, mate, off you go. Enjoy uh, enjoy the spoils of the, 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 you know, the open market. And we've gone to get this guy who's five or six years younger, Um and for me, the only really thing I personally need from him is to just be a conduit between Cruiser and Tom DeConning. For you guys watching at home, do you know anything else about him? What do you expect from him? Let's, uh, I'll get some comments up as well, um, and we'll talk about it. Dan, what about you, mate? Well, I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer why we've offered him two years. He's a younger player, so I mean... I get a bit of a cheat on this with the VFL. A good friend of mine does work at Box Hill, so I know quite a lot about him. Now, I mean, there's not much opposition from Hawthorne at all in this way that he's the third ruckman and they've got a very good nature at their club that if you want opportunity, they allow it to happen. Um, now, his durability is the big question mark, and that is, from all the highlights I've seen, he does that, that does seem to be his biggest issue. But he is a traditional old-school ruckman. Um, I would say Damien Monkhorst-type player. Um, very good in the air, good around the ground. Not the quickest, so kind of think of a a likeable, I would say, a likeable Sean Mumford. Yep. Um, but he has quality, and that's something that, from speaking to Box Hill, in abundance, he's got quality. He's really, he's really just about there. He just needs game time. And you've got to think Segler... McAvoy, these guys are elite. Um, and Segler's definitely that modern-day athletic ruckman. And remember, we've got TDK, who is yep. that modern ruckman. But for me, he's a great option moving forward. He's a guy that literally can go straight in. Um, I would say his ceiling is higher than Phillips's. is. Now, his, his ruck work is clean. He's ready. He's a big boy. And for me, yes, Phillips got better stats. But for me... As a guy that lives in the world of stats, you can't compare Phillips's career to to Mark's. You can't yeah, because you can. he he's got opportunity. Phillips he hasn't. He finished fourth in the JJ Liston. This guy is quality. So for me, he's not going to cost much. I'm hearing that it's going to be a token trade of a pick in the seventies for him. For me, it's it, it's it's good darts all around. Brilliant. Yeah. Welcome to the club, Mark. So just to be clear, it hasn't been done yet, um, but basically the report, so Jake Nile from The Age reported today that the trade's going to be done and Mark will sign a, uh, reportedly a two-year deal. Um, and so it, nothing's official yet. When it does become official, we'll obviously have a post ready for it. So looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, that's a little bit about Mark Pitnett and... We'll see what happens there. It's, uh, it should be an interesting development there. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see how he's going to gel with the group, and I'm excited to see what the developments will be. A little bit sad for, for Andrew Phillips, but I understand. Like, I understand. 
he's 28. He's you know he wants to get something out of his career. He wants more security. You know he's really been building in his career. He was at the Giants. He's come to Carlton. There's no game time for him, and you know reportedly Essendon is where he's going to end up. So good luck to him. But as soon as he puts on that red sash, it's uh, all bets are off, mate. Oh, 100%. And do you know what I mean? We're a big TPI show. This TPI, TPI rakes Mark. Really yep. does rate him. You don't finish top five in the VFL's equivalent of the Brownlow, the JJ Liston, by being a mug. Yep. Like, he's very good. You've got to remember Campbell as well scored well in that yep. at North Melbourne. So he's a very solid footballer. Very yep. good player. Just a quick one here. We'll move through these next bits of news. Tom Papley update here. Um, so we've got Cleary spoke today about how the Papley deal is more likely to happen now than what it was a week ago. There's some reports out there. People are worried that the Joe Danaher deal is going to get in the way of it. I don't personally think that the Joe Danaher deal is going to determine whether we get Papley or not. Um, but we'll see what happens. I'm going to put a, uh, a trade up here. It's a four team trade that I like. Um, but I want to get everyone else's view on it. We'll see what you think about it. So it's coming up on screen now. So 14, I'm not sure if you saw it, Dan. Brisbane give up Lewis Taylor. The Swans give up Papley and pick 5 and 54. Get Joe Danaher and Lewis Taylor. Um, the Lions will get 54. We give up pick 9 and get Papley. And the Bombers give up Joe Danaher and get picks 5 and 9. This is a roadmap to Tom Papley. Everyone's happy. Everyone gets what they want. I'm sorry, but pick 5 and 9 is definitely enough to get Joe Danaher. It's probably overs. What do you think, Dan? And what do you think in the audience? Well, I mean, like, it, it, it's... Obviously, these trades are hypothetical. But, yes. I mean, like, for me, just take Joe Danaher out of it. Like, as a show, we don't break rumours. But one thing I've been impressed about, I watch all of our shows back, I have no life. Yeah. Um, but a lot of these trades we've suggested as Dan Terry logic have come true, like the Ollie Wines rumour that we'll get on to later. Now, for me, just think, if you're the list manager at Sydney, why would you actively pursue Lewis Taylor and Riley Knight? Why would you? You, you wouldn't unless someone's coming in. Their smalls are fairly set. You've got to remember, Blakey takes one of their roles. Papley takes the other. You've got Isaac Heaney who rotates there. So for me, pick nine would get t Tom Papley based on the fact that they've already got a ready-made replacement. Lewis Taylor, great player. You look at his potential, it's probably where Papley's is now. Yep. So for me, I, I can see it. Now, the pick nine is overs for Papley has to stop, for heaven's sake. Three years ago, when Cameron went to Brisbane, everyone was like, that's a bargain. Tom Papley is, is statistically miles ahead of where Cameron was in a worse side, in a worse side. So let that sink in. Got to remember, Adelaide were finalists the year he traded. They were brilliant. One of the top scoring teams in the comp. If, if that was a bargain, nine is a bargain for Papley because he can do something Cameron can't do, mm -hmm. and that's going to the midfield as well. So yep. to me, that trade, is it fair? Probably not. Essendon are taking the piss. I thought they'd stop doing drugs. But, <laughs> but let's be honest, it's fair for all parties. If Sydney value Joe Danaher, and they obviously do, they're probably looking at what Tom Lynch has done for Richmond's forward line. It, it works. It, you, basically, it's only overs if you're not willing to pay it. So, Maduro's on me, the wind-up. 
with the report about wanting the two picks and Heaney, whatever it was. Like, that's just a piss take, right? Um, uh, well, I mean, I was trying to explain this to someone the other day. You've got to remember, and I'm kind of blessed being English, that we get to watch the transfer window play out. Now, Australians seem to be obsessed with face value. Now, I can tell you from working in sport and watching sport more than the normal person, sportsmen lie. It's their job. If if, if Dodo came out and said, oh, we want pick nine and a future third, he'd get haggled down to like an 18 and a future fourth. You've got to start high. It's a common thing. I don't believe for a fact Essendon are a very fair football club. They are not going to force a man to stay by asking for ridiculous amounts. That trade will get done. That trade will get done. It has to. I like it. has to. I like and it, there was a report just before we went on air that evidently Danaher and his agent are fuming at the way Essendon are publicly whoring the trade out. So... Yep. For me, regardless of what they pay, will they pay five and nine? They won't pay five and nine. If they do, they'll get something back. All right, let's move on. We've got our next boy, Jackie Martin. We'll get a bit of an update on him. There was a quote from Mark Evans, the CEO today. Uh, obviously, Soss spoke as well. Soss is really playing the straight bat. You know, what's fair and reasonable for everyone. We like to hear that. Um, but this was because I think towards the end of last week, there was a little bit of trepidation about Martin. We were confident on Papley. I think everyone was rating the Martin deal as a 4 out of 10, 4 out of 5, 4 or 5 out of 10 in terms of how close it was to getting done. Reading this quote, and I've got it up on the screen here, I know there has been further discussions with Carlton. It seems like it's inching its way there. So, you know, it looks, it seems like we're moving forward. There's a meeting of the minds that's going to come. We're probably steadfast on not giving her that first round pick. Um, but having said what you did early in the show about what that first round pick would actually be next year um, is can we can we somehow forecast what it would look like what does a first round pick in next year's draft look like I'm not sure if you've got that on hand but roughly knowing about 17 of the top what is it 17 of the first 40 are taken or something well statistically the I mean like what you always do with these stats is you can't take an average you've got to take a median because that's fair because sometimes you get draft classes like last year where literally the top 10 are superstars yep so you're looking at probably about a 62% chance that these players will go on to play 52 games so it's really high yep it's really high you're like you're pretty much guaranteed in the top 10 pick you're pretty much locked in that you've got a player there. Whether he's a good player, that's a question to answer another day. But statistically speaking, he's going to be serviceable. So for me, like, I, I go back to this. For me, I think our future first probably will be involved with something coming back. So, I mean, I could see that's what's been talked about a lot as well. Future first and Gold Coast top it up a bit. There's also talk of a future second and a player goes that way. I can't really see a player going there. Um, but to me, I'm warming to the fact he's, he, to me, he's very versatile and you've got to back, you've got to back your scouting network in. So I know people were, were very dubious about what we give away, but mm-hmm. we have a scouting network. That's one of the best ones in the country, right? It's, it's the most manned. So for me, we've got to back it in. And if you look at Jack Martin, my negative is he falls under the category of unfulfilled. Mm. We hear that all the time, unfulfilled talent. And we've got a lot of players who fulfill that mandate, unfulfilled, could be better, have a, have a high ceiling. But 
you've got to look at what he did. 2018, he had a great year. 2017, he had a great year. Very versatile. He played across the halfback line. Round eight in, in 2018, a bid as well, getting 29 touches against the Eagles. So he's got that versatility to go down back. He's got the versatility to play on the ball, outside and forward. Very good player for me. And you've got to remember, this guy was one of the standouts when we played them as well. So for me, is he worth a future first? No, certainly not. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, we don't need new players. Like for me... There can't be a Cartman fan out there who says hit the draft. We've been yeah. doing it for 10 years. Well, exactly. So for me, if you think that, I think maybe now your brain's got to change around to the fact that we can't keep using the excuse we're getting better. Yeah. We've got to start using the excuse of time is now. And to me, Eddie Betts proves what Sauce and Agresta have been saying. It's the time to act now. It's no longer the rebuild. We're in the execution phase. So to me, I think that trade will get done. Based on what I've heard today, I think it will get done. I think he'll be a very good player for Carlton. Okay. I like it. The next one is, it just got more interesting by the day. Ollie Wines, to be honest, I, I took this with a grain of salt when I first heard it, but it kind of started blowing up and, you know, we had... Uh, there's a few elements to this. We had a few people early in the year. I think Angelo Gravina reached out to me and told me about Ollie Wines and the fact that we're after him. You and I did a video on Ollie Wines. Uh, we spoke about what he would mean to us. And I think we kind of knew that it wasn't going to happen. That was the mentality of how we did it. But um, I think, you know, we, like hearing what's happened and what's transpired today, how, and I've got the tweet up here, you know, Port Adelaide came out and just flatly denied it. And uh, Sam uh, Edmund went again and confirmed, no, actually, Carlton did receive the call from one of Ollie Wines' representatives. Um, now, this is us talking about something that's happened in the past, but um, fascinating to hear that. Um, I wonder what, you know, obviously the questions are, what was said? Why did we say no? Who did they ask for? Um, because for me, Ollie Wines would be fantastic for us. And I don't know if there's going to be more to this, I don't know if this is part of the big fish because there's obviously a big rumour. There's a rumour every year about a big fish, to be fair. But, you know, there's obviously the rumour getting around this week about the big um, Melbourne-based big fish. We don't know. It could be this one. It could be this guy. It could be an interstate guy. What is your read on this, Dan, obviously? And obviously, I'm asking you guys at home, you know, do you have any information on a big fish? Do you think this was the big fish? What do you think about this Ollie Wine situation? Well, I mean, we did that video a couple of months ago now. Um, yeah. So for me, I, I do know for a fact that there was potential negotiations. I don't know if he spoke with Carlton, but I know speaking to an, someone who was very close to Ollie that they did have the mention of he wanted to come back to Victoria. So, And Carlton was mentioned. Now, that comes from a lot of his family members and members of the Blues, a lot. His great uncle played for us in the 30s. So there is a heritage there. And I know this gets, you know, the whole, I hate saying this, but he's actually genuinely a blue blood. He yep. is genuinely a blue. So he supports Carlton as a kid. Massive Carlton boy. And there's no doubt about it. He's the muscle and grunt we need. He's the muscle and grunt. He's basically a very budget Patrick Cripps. Everything Cripps does, Ollie Wines does, just not quite as good. 
So he'd, he'd fit into the get team, fit into the team. Mm-hmm. Do I think it'll happen? No. Do I think Carlton, there's a big fish we don't know about? For me, I think you've got more chance of Taylor Swift standing up at the Grammys with a new hit song called My Pommy Statman, and she declares her undying love for me. I reckon you've got the same chance of that happening. I love it. I love it. No, I, I, um, I love all If you're watching, Taylor... I will leave my wife in a heartbeat. <laughs> no, I, I think um, like Ollie's a really good person. Um, I've, I've dealt with him a little bit in Shanghai. Um, a, a great character, obviously captain of a footy club, so held in high regard. Again, reiterating what you said, I don't think it's going to get done. But today was interesting in the way that Sam Edmund went back at Port and said, actually, no, this did happen. Because, um, I mean, obviously... This time of year, it's full of rumours and journos put their reputations on the line and whatnot. Um, and, you know, if Sam Edmund wasn't sure about this, he would have just backed away and ignored it and let it go. But the fact that he went back at Port and back at what they said about it, it's just interesting. Um, it makes you think, you know, if we said no to Wines, maybe we said yes to someone else. Maybe there is a an Adam Trelaw-type player at play, you know, a Melbourne-based midfielder, one of these guns, you know, a, a Jager O'Meara, um, who knows? So looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing how it transpires. But um, very fascinating. I will, I will just say a big warning. And I, I sometimes think like this concept of like sport is really new to Australia. You know, a media led thing like it's been in England since like the 18th century. It's as old as the plague. The media stirring things up. I know for a fact from playing golf with a lot of guys on boards and stuff. They enjoy releasing rumors to the public, to the media that aren't true to throw us off the scent. It's a game. It's a real big game. So even me, that's why I never release anything I've been told, even if it's by someone who's a direct, yeah, who I know I trust, just because I, I don't know if they're playing me, if they think I'm going to jump on the show and say it's something that I don't personally do. So, I mean, for me, the probably is there's a lot of talk about a big fish. I have no doubt at the moment Carlton are knocking on the door of every club. Yep. But do I think it's happened? Probably not. I, I just can't see how we can get Martin Papley. I mean, at the end of the day, who cares? We've got Eddie Betts. If my wife watched this show, she's probably going to file for divorce because I said I want an affair with Taylor Swift. <laughs> There's me putting my neck on the line. Yeah. And that's that. Let's, uh, for a few more minutes here, we'll get to some, some fan comments and we'll answer your questions. Tracy Reed, good evening to you. Why is Port denying it, morons? They wouldn't have any idea. I, I could understand why they're denying it because that's the they're a very they're a very um, old school club with values that they hold dear to their heart because they're a very old club, and um, you know the, the the members there are very pissed off about this whole co captain thing because it broke tradition, and um, and so I, I think they had to come out and reply to this because it was a captain, and so that makes sense for me. Um, I mean, it's interesting because a tweet was put out by Tom Brown yeah. this this morning saying that he spoke to Wines' people direct and they've confirmed an approach wasn't made to Carlton, that it wasn't. It was discussed internally with the management, but there was no direct approach to Carlton Football Club. So I would say what's happened there is maybe Wines has said, I'd love to go to Carlton, and that's where it's ended. Yep, I like it. Dom Pang has put a really good comment up, and I've just scrolled up to get it. This is a history of Sauce's dealing with Adelaide. 
Number one. Oh, it's good reading. Menzel for carriage and pick 28. Matty Wright for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll try Menzel. How good was he? Matty Wright for nothing. Our leading goal kicker for two seasons. Another tick. Bryce Gibbs holding him off for another season and getting pick 10 and 16 for him. Wow. Then he went and got pick. He traded pick four for Stocker and what might eventually become Papley. Um depending on the trade. Uh, five bets for a future fourth-round pick, highway robbery. McGovern for picks 26 and 28. Still got some time to probably prove that one, but it just goes to show um, what Sauce has actually been able to do. Oh, but that's why I'm saying to you, he won't be he won't be at Carlton next year. He'll be doing 25 years for Grand Larson. If I'm Adelaide, I'm calling Interpol, Vic Police. Look at that. That is incriminating. He's he's like, you know, a mafia there. Yep. That is, and he's so good in it because Adelaide was so smarmy. Yep. I never forget their list manager going, I tripped over the phone cord trying to get the paperwork signed. What a complete knobhead. <laughs> so, Not laughing now, are you? Hey, Adelaide. So Not good. laughing now. Last question here. Anthony Busiello. I hope I pronounced that right. Sorry, mate. What's the best usage for bets, coach or player? player for me who he can maybe then eventually become a coach but uh for me it's it's uh yeah he's gonna he's gonna play next year he's gonna impact next year 2021 you think he might be winding down we'll see what happens but i'm sure he can play a role in 2021 as well but like you said dan that that's the point i probably haven't raised here it's this is a change in mindset it's all of a sudden about winning now we should be happy about this we should be we should be wrapped. This is a this is a statement. We're wanting to win now. It hasn't cost us much. Um, are we going to win the flag next year? Probably not. But I don't know. I feel like I can make the case why we can do it if Brisbane if Brisbane can do what they did. I, I reckon if we got two home finals next year, we'd win one of them. I don't know. What about you? Oh, none of this talk about we're coming. We're fucking here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> The time is now. I, I'm sick of sat here feeding you guys stats, telling you it's going to be all right. I've lied for a year. Things aren't right. But tell you what, things are bloody good now. I haven't been this excited since my honeymoon with my beautiful wife. I tell you, I am so excited. I can't wait. Can it be round one next week? I am super stoked. We're going to be in the eight next year. We're coming. I love it. On that note, I'm going to finish this um finish this episode off with another Eddie Betts highlight reel. Dan, it's been amazing. Thank you for your for your support. Everyone in the audience, thank you for your support. We will be back tomorrow night. The debate is tomorrow night as well. We'll have the news, we'll have the debate, um, and we will go from there. Have a lovely evening and go the mighty blue boys. Go standing on the stage, got the whole place rocking. It's popping, no stopping. Standing on the stage, got the whole place watching.